What's up, everyone? Welcome into Around the Felt, episode 46. The boys are back. I'm your host, Colin Tong, the champ of the big bet this season at the conclusion of the Colts' Houston game this weekend. We will get into that, but officially the end of the regular season, 11 wins to 5, Reagan. How are you feeling? Well, the good thing is... I got the playoffs to make up for it, so... <laughs> Even if you go 4-0, I'm still the champ. Yep, that is true. But you know what? They're in the past now. I only got a few to still film. <laughs> I only got three left to still film, so... This is not really which in the past. Uh, Day in the Life, which I'm going to do tomorrow. Day in the Life. I was going to do it today, but it was so crappy out. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to bring the camera in the pouring rain. Um, lacrosse. Lacrosse. And, and the Snow, snow Angel, Angel, which we're doing after the pod. We so. decided the Houston Indy was a Snow Angel with the storm coming in. So after this pod, actually, Reagan's going to do the Snow Angel. That video will be out for you guys. Yeah. That should be fun. I'm looking forward to that because I'm going to kick so much snow in your ass. I'm not. In my ass. <laughs> On your ass, bro. Nah. Only you would take it that far, my friend. Well, we got a lot of news, Reagan. A lot of firings this week. But first, we're going to start off with... Michigan defeating Washington to win the college football championship. Reagan, I know you were on Washington. I was on Texas. Jarrock was on Alabama. Joe is the champ for that. He had Michigan. So we will be doing red light, green light with Joe having a paintball gun. We'll hash that out, but we will all get punished for that. Yeah, that'll be uh, probably filmed sooner rather than later. We just got to, like you said, hash out the details. (laughs) That's going to suck. Fun for him. <laughs> That's not going to be fun, but... But fun for the viewers, you know? A lot of you guys probably want to see Drop get in on these punishments, so you'll get to see him get uh, yeah, finally, hammered you out. Know, it's not just me and Reagan getting punished. Now, Reagan, I want to hear your thoughts on this game, because I have a lot to say on the game itself and on draft implications for well, some of the players involved. Uh, what I'll say is the scoreboard doesn't necessarily reflect the, the, how bad it was. In the sense, like it was close, like it was twenty to thirteen in the fourth quarter, and then which it shouldn't the, even have been. And yeah, but it but it was, and then um, they had that like controversial holding call that got called back, and then it just seemed like once that happened, after Washington had the big play negligated, then kind of lost all the momentum, and then Michigan just kind of ran away with it and had that pick at the end that put them in, I think, the five yard line of Washington. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, it was over. I mean, but then you look at the rushing yards, like. 200 and something rushing yards and 13 points to show for it in the first half. Like, Washington was lucky to even be in the game at that point. I agree. Uh, going into this game, my head said Michigan. My heart said Washington. Was riding with Washington all year. But, you know. Well, not all year. Z- except for the Texas game. <laughs> so, the, you know, I, I go against them and then they screw me and then I go back to them and then they screw me, which sucks. But, you know, Z, Mr. Logistics is at Michigan State, so it's always fuck Michigan. Going to this game, I knew. Oh, wait, so, Z, congrats, buddy. Michigan won. <laughs> That's good, right, for the state? No, 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 no. That's not <laughs> how it works over there. Uh, going to this game, I knew it was going to be determined by the line of scrimmage. Clearly, Michigan established the run game very early with Donovan Edwards, who, going into this, going into this season, it was him and Blake Corum as definitely the top two running back tandem in the country. Edwards got off to a slow start, wasn't really as much of a factor, while Blake Corum had a phenomenal season. And then Edwards bust off those two long touchdown runs. Then Corum got his two touchdowns at the end of the game to seal it. So them taking control of the line of scrimmage was huge on offense because McCarthy didn't really have to do much. Defensively, they also took control of the line of scrimmage, particularly in the interior, because Penix looked like he was flustered all day, man. Like, he, he was missing throws. He was missing guys high consistently. And it was a problem. They only had to bring four so they can sit everyone in zone against those three receivers, which was the best three receiving core in the country. I mean, that it, it's brutal. It's brutal. But 
Um, draft stocks on guys from that game for me personally. Michael Penix, down. Way down. People were gassing him up after the Texas game. Granted, he had a lot of phenomenal throws. Was good all year. Very accurate, especially downfield. But in this one, he looked like he was under pressure a lot. And when he was under pressure, he was terrible. Which in the league, you're going to get pressured a lot. Uh, yeah. Particularly if you're picked to a bad team that doesn't have a good offensive line. Now, what do you think about McCarthy's performance? Because I saw a lot of people like critiquing it, but it's like, he kind of did what they asked. Like Exactly. Like, yeah, he didn't I, have to do much. What like I don't understand. Like People are like freaking out. It's like, you only completed 10 passes on 18 throws, but it's like, if you're running the ball like that, why pass it? Absolutely. And so. then they used him off the play action on first yeah. downs, and all the linebackers would suck up in the safeties, and he'd throw the ball right behind him. And he had a couple good runs, too. He did. He like, did. He that was... third down run was huge, so mm-hmm. good to see him use his legs because that's something evaluators will really like. And I agree. He did what they asked of him. He didn't have to do too much to get the win. Now... It's going to be tough because he was a five-star recruit. You know he can run. He's smart. He's got a good arm. Yeah, but he's a winner, too. He's a winner. Yes, he's a winner. But all season, it was never on him to get it done. Like where Caleb Williams at USC, it was Caleb. He was their, basically their entire offense. If he was off, the team was going to lose no matter what. Where with McCarthy, didn't have to do it at Michigan. So I think it's a really tough evaluation. It's interesting, though, because though, it's not like every team in the NFL, like, you need to have a great quarterback to be successful. No. I mean, we hear, have this conversation all the time with the Niners and Purdy. Like, yeah. Purdy wasn't an elite prospect, but he's in the right system, and he's playing great football, and he's running play action like McCarthy did at Michigan, and it's working really well because he's making mm-hmm. the throws and he's making the proper reads. So I don't think McCarthy warrants a top-10 pick. No. Could he go somewhere in the back half of the first? Maybe because that's Probably what a lot not. of evaluators kind of say he's going to be picked higher than people expected. And scouts, I don't know, man. I wouldn't touch McCarthy in the first. Me personally, I, I, he's more of like a round two kind of guy for me. I think yeah, he can find a good spot. I feel like every year there's a couple quarterbacks that we hear that are they might creep up into the first round and then they end up going second, third, fourth. They end up falling like Malik Willis, Davis Mills. Um, who else? Will well, Levis I will say year. for for Levis is a good one. Yes, absolutely agree with that. For Willis, I will say I think he kind of creeped up due to the fact that he tested really well, and the only other like legit quarterback prospect, not even legit, was Pickett. There, well, it was just a not that many quarterbacks. That is true, too, but still, I feel like in Davis Mills, too, that year, like in that draft class is very similar to this draft class where there's a lot of quarterbacks that they're projecting to go in the first round. They're like, we may even see Davis Mills sneak into the first round. And I feel like McCarthy's kind of at that like, 5, 6, 7 range where he may sneak in, but odds are I don't expect him to sneak in. Even Geno Smith back in the day, he fell to the second round when they were projecting him to go early in the first. So I feel like time and time again, they always say a lot more prospects that don't end up going there. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I thought Romo Dunze played well. Okay. And he was going against Will Johnson, the corner from Michigan, who... Who's probably going to be... Is he going into the draft? No, he's a sophomore. He's going in the draft next year, 2025, and Matt Miller, one of the best draft guys out there, I respect a lot. He says, it's in cement. He is the number one corner for 2025. The dude is a stud. And he was falling around Odunze. So I thought Odunze played well. He had like 85 yards. And then he had that long one that was negated as well for that that holding penalty. He could have had another long one that it was a bad throw. Yes, yes, yes. The one by Penix. Like Odunze could have went for 180 in that game against arguably one of the top corners in college football. So for me, I mean, usually people want to bring up like John Ross and because he was played at Washington. A lot of guys from Washington don't really pan out in the league. I don't know. I think Odunze is a pretty safe prospect. He's 6'2". He does a lot of things well. So I was impressed with his performance. I think a lot of it's situation, too, though, where he ends up going and who his quarterback is, too. Yeah, absolutely. That'll really define it. Because if you... 
if he goes to a situation where it's a quarterback that struggles a lot, then odds are he's not going to have a lot of the success early on. But if he goes to a really good quarterback, then yeah, he probably will have a lot of success. I agree. And every year there's a lot of receivers picked in the first round. Some pan out, some don't. There's yeah. four at the top this year, Marv. Odunze, Malik Neighbors, and Keon Coleman. Odds are Keon Coleman, one of I them. Saw, I saw some people saying he might not even go in the first round. That's crazy. Yeah. He's going first round. But every year, a couple, like one or two of them are guaranteed to not pan out. So be interesting to see. All right. That wraps up the college football championship. Now let's get back in the NFL. We got a lot of news, a lot of coaches fired. The big one, man. Vrabel. Mike Vrabel fired by the Titans. Reagan, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I was honestly shocked. I mean, I thought that this team fought for him all year. I mean, he's coming off of the coach of the year just two years ago in 2021. So, first seed in the AFC. So, I thought for where their roster was at, like, not a ton of talent on it. A lot of older guys that it was shocking to me because I hadn't – I mean, I did expect them to have more success, but I also think, like, looking at it, like – they really can't like keep up with a lot. But of those you expected teams in the him AFC. to have that success because of Vrabel, because yeah. his teams are always competitive. I mean, I'm not. I think he'll get picked up. Like he'll be one of the top coaching names. I'd be shocked if he's an OC or I mean, a, sorry, a DC anywhere. I, I think he's definitely going to get a job. Yeah, I think for certain he'll be a head coach. I would be very surprised if he took a DC job. And I doubt he'd make a lateral move. Like he'd go down to the college ranks. But I guess you never know. Yeah, if somebody's willing to give him a ton of money and give him the keys to the program. I guess you never know. Can't. Can't rule it out, but I think it's either going to be the head coach in college or NFL. I couldn't see him taking a coordinator role. Yeah, I agree with you. He's definitely going to get a head coaching job. To look out for the Patriots, but the whole Belichick situation, which has been talked about all season, has not been resolved. If Belichick does leave New England, I think it's very likely Vrabel becomes the next coach of the Patriots, where he played under Belichick, where he won Super Bowls. Yeah. Um, start his coaching career. I mean, I think that's going to be a shoe in because they also have a top pick to get a quarterback where I feel like that's a better situation to rebuild than Tennessee. I can and see I, him also going to the Chargers just because you get the established quarterback already. Yeah, I, I could see that as well. That'll probably be the Definitely. top coaching job if I had to guess right now. Yeah, well, we can get into that too. With an established quarterback. Yeah, but that's we will have all offseason. I'm writing a blog on that. that one. The top, yeah. the top. But yeah, I agree. I, I would put Chargers at one. I think this whole Vrabel thing kind of hit the wall the past two seasons. I think it started when they traded A.J. Brown. Yeah, when the, well, that's when it, yeah. The GM is well-regarded within league, league circles, but you could tell, like, the whole draft video of Rabel getting up out of his seat, he looks all pissed off when they traded A.J. Brown. That was an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I just think there was a disagreement there in the philosophy, and then the GM paid Tannehill all that money, so now, like, you, I mean, Tannehill's washed, and he's old. They really didn't well, have financial not, flexibility. Yeah, done with him, too. Like, he's, he's gone. It's yeah, Tannehill's yeah, done. So, man, the Titans got a lot of work to do. I'm sure a lot of people in Tennessee are not happy about this. Yeah, I mean they're they're going to be picking first next year. So, <laughs> they they certainly could. I but yeah, it's, think it's uh, not out of the question. They're definitely one of the top commodities to be doing that. Yeah, I'd say Carolina probably up there too again. Yeah, uh, Ron Rivera fired by the Commanders. Reagan, we saw this one coming from before before the season even started. Let's be honest here. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to get in there. That's one we expected, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. But like, like we said, we don't have to go on a huge tangent because we'll get into that a lot in the offseason, but that's definitely going to be another job where it's, I think, one of the top jobs just because it's a whole new ownership group. It's not the Dan Snyder that everyone's talked about. It's a whole new ownership group. Like You're coming in as the first hand-picked head coach, so I think it'll be a more attractive job than those expect, especially because odds are they're going to be having Caleb Williams and Drake May as their quarterback. Yeah, and they have the number two pick in the draft, and they have $70 million in cap space. Yeah, very That is an job. attractive job. In a, for in a, 
bigger market, I'd say. Yeah, they're absolutely. Probably, so I'd put them second behind the Chargers, in my opinion. Yeah, and you can honestly make a case that they're ahead of the Chargers. You could, absolutely. Just because it, you almost have a blank slate. Like, you can yeah. build the team how you want. Yeah. You know, in the new ownership group, they hired Bob Myers, former GM of the Warriors, who... Uh, constructed three championship teams to assist in the hiring process. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's a different sport. Magic but... Magic Johnson's a part of the hiring group. Uh, yeah, yeah well, he's an owner. He's part of the ownership. Yeah. Group, so. so yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see. I think that's a good spot. Mm-hmm. The Falcons fire Arthur Smith. Thank you, Arthur Blank. I am so happy. Arthur Smith is gone. You and don't take three premier blue chip skill position players and give the ball to Joe New Smith. Over and over and over. And, Al- and Algier over and over and over. It was such a waste of offensive talent. He never got a quarterback. I'm sure that's the biggest regret from this Atlanta regime. You rolled out Desmond Redder instead of trying to get a guy like Lamar Jackson. Or you passed on so many quarterbacks. You passed on Justin Fields. Thank the Lord Arthur Smith is gone. Well, Thank you and for I'm- all fantasy football people out there. We should all be happy with this. Yeah, he'll pick up an OC job somewhere. I'd be shocked if he didn't, just because he's had success as an OC in the league. I agree. So yeah, I he'll get a job. He'll get get an OC job somewhere. I could even see it be with Vrabel, as he was his OC before and had a lot of success in Tennessee, Ooh. which is the whole reason he got the job as the Atlanta coach was because of his success in Tennessee. So yeah, I can see that being a pairing. Vrabel together. and Arthur Smith yeah, in so, New England. I yeah, wouldn't or, mind that. Or you never know. Like I'd, I'd hope for Arthur Smith for you guys and the Giants. That'd be a good OC. No, we we kept our OC. So get, get out of here. No, just, that would be too funny though. <laughs> I'd just, be so I mad. I want him to go there just because you'd have to deal with that. But no, I, I think. Will actually be the OC for wherever Brable goes. That's a good take, Reagan. I saw someone on Twitter. It was a joke. He's like, "Oh, everyone's so happy, like all these fantasy football people that Arthur Smith is gone. So now you know Bijan and Kyle Pitts, yeah. which p- apparently part of the reason he was fired is because of the misuse of Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson. Yeah. You, you you know now in fantasy they're all more than relative. They should all get a huge boost up with this just for Arthur Smith. To replace Ben Johnson as the Lions OC and ruin Gibbs and and Amon Ra and all those guys, that would we'll that see. Would be I mean, he'll, I still think he'll definitely get a job somewhere as an OC. I'd be shocked if he didn't. Yeah, the Panthers fire their GM Scott Fitterer after three seasons. Reagan, when you take a quarterback number one, you almost feel like you're buying yourself a couple years when you wait for that quarterback to yeah. develop. But in this instance, they gave up so much to get that quarterback. That now that pick is the number one overall pick. You didn't obviously, yeah. you obviously didn't get the talent around him. You didn't have the offensive line in place. You didn't have any viable receiving options outside of thirty-three-year-old Adam Thielen. Are you surprised that they let go of their GM after taking a quarterback? In a sense, yes, because I think they're going to have struggled to fill both the head coaching role and the GM role. Because Agreed. They left the team with like nothing in terms of. <laughs> Like, I mean, they have some cap space, but they don't have a ton of uh, draft picks, obviously. Or so blue-chip players. It's not It's not exactly the most uh, attractive destination, especially because you're coming into a situation where you have to like Bryce Young. Like, he's not your quarterback, but you're... They're basically you're tied. married to Bryce Young. They're married to him. for the, He's going to be there for at least hit the first four years, and they'll probably pick up his fifth-year option at this point because it's resetting the franchise back so much. So, I don't know. I still think there's a chance for Bryce Young. I'm not ruling him out. A lot of people are, like... Already saying the trade's an automatic L. I want to give it at least another year to see if, hey, maybe they get a coach in there that can fig- unlock him with the limited weapons they have, and maybe they get the GM in there that can help throw a bandit on it. But I'm definitely not out on Bryce Young, and I'm not definitely saying the Bears won that trade yet because it's just too early to tell. I agree with you. Now, for the Bears side, no matter what Bryce Young becomes, it's probably still a win based well, yeah, on the you capital you take, got. You yeah. got number one. You got DJ Moore. 
You got yeah. a second rounder next year, which will probably be a high second rounder. Oh yeah, but I mean, there could, there's always a world where it's a win-win. It doesn't have yes. to be a win-loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not what so I'm saying. Bears yeah. are an automatic win, but there's a world where the Panthers also didn't lose this trade. Because at the end of the day, if you give up a haul to get a quarterback and he ends up turning your franchise around as a franchise caliber mm-hmm. quarterback, doesn't matter what you gave up. You got your guy for the next 15, 20 years. It's all that matters because you're not going to win in this league without a star quarterback. And Bryce did show flashes this year. Like a lot of people like to send around the stats and stuff without watching the games, but I, he definitely showed flashes. That's my biggest pet peeve is when people just say stats without any context well, involved. You'll love that. Like a lot of people, I got some buddies that were sending around Josh Allen's stats after that game the other day, and they're like, Josh Allen went off. I'm like, did you watch the game? Like he, they didn't win that game because of him. Like he, his last drive was incredible, but that punt return changed the momentum, and Josh Allen had three turnovers up to that point. And decided to throw a ball short where he got stopped. So, yeah, it was awesome that he could move the ball downfield, but it doesn't matter if you're going to turn it over. They won that game because their defense stepped up and shut down a Miami offense. So, that's a big pet peeve when everyone's like, look at Josh Allen's numbers. I'm like, did you watch the game? Like, he was he was good, but he wasn't, like, elite. Like, if I look at the box score, like, holy shit, that's a lot of yards. But, like, if you watch the game, he was okay. The first pick in the end zone, bad. The throw short of the goal line, bad. Cannot happen in that situation. That's what McDermott yeah. said before half. The fourth and two pick, uh, he rolled out. Yeah. He was about to get hit. You, you got to throw the ball. He well, chucked also, the ball in the end zone. How about his first touchdown pass? Like, without context, that's super lucky. Yeah, the one that got deflected. You know what I mean? Caught, like, yeah. he goes on the box scores, passing touchdown. But you don't actually, like, without watching the game, you don't know that that's, like, complete luck. Like, that's not him making a yeah, good play. Yeah, that was luck. That's him making a bad play that should have been picked off. Well, it hit a, it hit a defensive lineman in the head. Yeah. So it's a freak play. Got lucky that it was a touchdown. Yeah, because that could go the other way and be a pick on the box. I will score. say, like, a lot of people want to bring up the Josh Allen turnovers. And I'm in agreement with you in this instance. But a lot of his turnovers are he's a gunslinger. He chucks the ball deep downfield on third third and long, fourth yeah. down situations that end up being picks. He does have – he does throw a lot of picks. But I will, I will say not all of them are on Josh. I just think context is key in a lot of these situations where, like, that Dolphin – or the Bills defense – looked insane and they haven't looked amazing this year obviously with Matt Milano going down so to me like it was more on their defense and then obviously a huge special teams play by Deontay Harris yep Hardy he doesn't sling that thing Hardy he just no I thought it was Harris no it was Hardy Hardy Deontay oh Deontay Hardy yeah okay anyway but he was all pro back with the Saints back in the day as a returner yes dude dude's elite at at, as a returner (laughs) yes yes so Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale says he's stepping down. However, Reagan, he has not filed his papers, is still under contract, and was seen in the airport today flying down to his home in Florida. This Mm. is a whole fiasco here. And let me break it down for you guys because people were floating around, oh, you know, like Eagles, Eagles, Commanders, this and that. No, 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 no. The reason this is a thing is because Dable fired the outside linebacker coach and another defensive assistant who were brothers. Okay. Apparently, they are Wink's guys. Like, where Wink goes, they go. The, like, those are his boys. So when Dable fired him, which was rightfully so because of the Giants' three edge rushers, Kayvon, Aziz Ojolari, and Jihad Ward, they were all, out of like 77 qualified edge rushers, they were all in the 70s in pass rush win rate, which I thought was a that's wild stat. I thought Thibodeau, like... He had 11 sacks, But that's yes. another thing where I guess context is key. Because yes. just looking at the stats, you'd say he had a hell of a season. Yeah, and so when you see that, you're like, okay, a change was probably needed there, right? Like, yeah. you're not teaching the correct technique, or so- something needs to be changed, because yeah. we only had one viable pass rusher on the edge this season. It was Thibodeau, but yeah. he still, where he ranked pass rush win rate, not good. They fired him, apparently got into a huge fight with Dayball when they had their meeting, and he stormed out, 
He announced his intentions to resign. However, he's under contract for one more year. If the Giants were to fire him, he could sign wherever he wants. Yeah. In whatever position he wants. If so he resigns, he, then you have to so, either trade him or release him. Yeah. So if Same he, thing that happened with Sean Payton. Yes. With one year on his contract, you can't just... you. The Giants can block any lateral move. So if he goes as a defensive coordinator to another team, they can block it. So he will not be the D.C. of Philly. He will not be the D.C. of Washington. Giants will never let that happen. Now, if he were to get a head coaching opportunity, then he could go wherever the hell he wants. Which but could be to Washington as a head coach. If he got the Washington head coaching job, but I don't think yes. I don't but think he's going to be considered for any head coaching jobs. No, I don't think so I'd either. I mean, it was floated around like two years ago. I like, don't think a little bit last year. I just think there's like a lot. He's not a hot name right now, so I'd be shocked if he got it. If he yeah. got the job. So right now, the Giants and Wink are in a holding pattern right now because they're waiting to hear from him. Apparently, he's not picking up his phone. Complicated situation. <laughs> I don't know. I wanted Wink to be the Giants DC still, but the relationship with Dable. Did not allow that. Just a weird, weird scenario. All right, now let's talk about some players. T.J. Watt ruled out versus the Bills this weekend in the wild card round due to that knee injury. Yeah, you could essentially any hopes you had of winning, you could kiss goodbye, Steelers. (laughs) I I agree, dude. But dude, the defense is like like so good when he plays. He has such a big impact that most defensive players like don't have that impact. Where if they're out, the defense looks completely different. Like, the time he missed last year, like, the Bills are going to put up 30 points on the Steelers' defense now. Something that wouldn't have happened if Watt was playing. It'd be more like 20, but they probably wouldn't have put up a ton of points. I agree with you. TJ Watt has 19 sacks. You take that out of your defensive line. Not good. Yeah, best edge rusher in the league. <laughs> it's, or sir, one of them. I mean, like, I, you can nitpick. You could say whatever you want. Like, there's a couple guys you can debate, but he's had the most sacks the past couple of years. He's, different he's times the most he's consistent. He's yeah. the most consistent when he's healthy. So. I mean, it's it's hard to debate that. I think I saw a stat, don't quote me on this, but I think he was like the first player in NFL history to have three, yep. three seasons of 19 or more sacks. Yeah, no, no. Well, maybe that as well, but he was the first player also to have three seasons leading the league in sacks, I saw as well. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's both. It's probably yeah. both because if you get 19 wow. plus, yeah. like, yeah. Wow. So that's a huge loss for Pittsburgh. That's why they are 10-point underdogs heading into Buffalo this week. Yep, not shocking. Sam Laporta likely to miss time with that hyper-extended knee. So he's out for the season because they're losing this week. Yeah, I, <laughs> I also think they're losing this week. You think the Lions lose? I think yeah. Matthew Stafford Ooh. walks in there. and They're we'll only three-point three yeah, favorites. Yeah. Three. So the line's very yeah. small. We'll talk about that tomorrow, but... Rams got that championship pedigree. Their core has done it. I think they walk into Detroit with Matthew Stafford. Stafford's going to light up those corners. Yeah, Stafford's going to have a monster game. Nakua's going to have a monster game. That leads right into my next point. Puka Nakua sets the new rookie record for yards and receptions. My boy. Reagan's boy. Applause for Puka. Congrats. You surpassed Jamar Chase. Great demeanor. Love the guy. Love the guy. He's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. I don't know if you guys saw the video of uh, the Rams in the draft room. When they're yep. going to take him. Yeah. Les Snead and Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. Like, Sean McVay, this whole vision for him. Everything that he could do. And they're like, he didn't test well, but neither did Ogletree. And you did, if you saw Ogletree just running with guys in the field, yeah, he, was, he good. was a beast. He was like, good when he was a see Nikua, yeah. he, got, he got hawked by Dory Jackson on that 80-yard catch against the Giants two weeks ago. But that's Dory Jackson. That's a 4-3 guy. You know what I mean? I don't know why that's also, clip. like, doesn't make or break a career. No, like, it does not. So like, like He's still a great possession guy. Just goes to show you guys, yeah, sometimes... Players in college don't produce, but they test like freaks, and they get drafted really high. And because of those traits, what? they could be studs or they could be hey, busts. He had Jaron Hall as his quarterback. Come on. <laughs> on the other side of it, sometimes guys don't test well. Doesn't mean they're not going to be a good player. I wish that Puka clip came out 
in the beginning of the season rather than the end, so I knew to pick him up. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess Reagan was smart enough to pick that up. Reagan yeah, stash I Puka. Reagan stash Puka. <laughs> okay. That's all the news. That was a lot of news, man. Probably the most news we've had all season. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we got a lot of questions as well, guys. We appreciate the questions. Let's transition to that. Drock is reading them today. Let's jump into it. We're not starting with the Aussie. We're starting with Walmart today. Walmart, what's up, Wa- brother? Wally. Wally. General question for you guys. Take over as a GM. From your perspective, for, uh, from your respective franchises for a second, Jets and Giants, what moves are you making if you are in the front office? Oh, right, so. oh it's a good question. You can start with the Jets. How would I do the Giants and you do the Jets? Oh, that's fair. Take out yeah, the bias. You want to switch it up? All right, yeah, that's you want to go first? I've already talked about what I would do with the Jets, but yeah, I'll get into it. Talk about it on the pod. So Jets are picking 10th. The way the draft board's shaking up and the team needs ahead of them, I think it's unlikely that Olufashanu and Joe Alt will be there at 10, which should be their two main targets. They need offensive line. Because you got one guy that you're confident in, for sure, and that's AVT. Who's also coming off of two big injuries. Yes. And then Titman at center, you just took him. Okay, so center is filled. You got three holes, in my opinion. I, I'm not yeah. putting faith in Becton. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. are you? No. No. So you no. just can't at this point, given his health and his inconsistency. You got three spots to fill an offensive line to protect Aaron Rodgers coming off an Achilles, and he's going to be, what, 40 years old? Yeah. You got to go O-line. And I, I, there is another tackle. I forget his name. There's another tackle that's worthy of a first-round pick, but the drop-off from Fashanu and Alt is tough. Unless we trade back. You that. could trade back. Or, I mean, I also think there's a chance we trade for Bakhtiari as well. They could, but Bakhtiari has been healthy in three years. I know, so you it's know? also risky. So, like, I would still trade for Bakhtiari if he's not taking up too much of the cap and the Packers eat money, but yeah. you know, but you can't rely on him. So if I'm the Jets, I'm going to do everything I can to move up to get one of those two tackles. If there's, like, at number eight, like Atlanta's there, if Joe Alt's on the board, I'm moving up two spots and I'm getting Joe Alt. thing is, with Atlanta, is they'll probably go quarterback. Yeah, they could, but I don't think they're taking Penix at eight. I mean, it's, if Daniels falls, but I'm saying I think they might trade up if they could get it. If they trade up, fine. I mean, I'm just assuming if Atlanta's there at eight, that's a team I would target to move up there to take a tackle. Mm-hmm. I don't. Maybe the Giants would move down. I, Giants. It well, depends. I'll get into that in a second. It depends on if their new offensive line coach has faith that he can rebuild Evan Neal. Because if you don't want to hey, go with those two tackles, here, buddy. you could take a receiver at ten. So Giants could be a potential trade partner as well you got to get one of those two tackles. I also think you need another receiver opposite of Garrett Wilson. T. Higgins, the free agent. He's going to cost a pretty penny, though. I think Devontae Adams is still very much in play. Speaking of, I actually do have a cool Devontae Adams story. So my boy from college, his brother is like an up-and-coming like uh, rapper slash... I, I guess he'd be considered a rapper or like pop, but he's at like 20K on Instagram now. Devontae Adams actually posted about him on his Instagram story. That's, that's pretty cool. Other. Yeah, I was like, dude, that's so sick. That is sick. Yeah, I saw that today, and the kid had like 10k like a couple weeks ago. Now he's at 20k. That's so he's awesome. Popping off on TikTok Damn. and stuff. Let's go. Yeah. Shout out to him. Uh, so I think Devonte Adams could be available. The Jets tried to get him the deadline. Raiders didn't bite. If Antonio Pierce does not get the head coaching job after Devonte Adams said to the organization, "I want him as my coach," if they bring in a Harbaugh, which is the talk right now. I can see Devontae being like, I am just done with this organization. I'm out. Yeah. And the Jets are clearly the top target to pair him with Aaron Rodgers. If Devontae's available, go get him. Yeah. Mike Evans, I feel like, is also a better fit than T. Higgins, given the timeline of the team. Mike Evans is a good veteran receiver. I'd rather have him because he's going to be cheaper than T. Higgins, I, in my mind, I, yeah, based, on really age, based on age. Based on age. Whoa. You're the Giants GM here. 
So what? Fair I, enough. True. True. So I would trade up to get one of those two tackles if you need to, and I try to get Devonte Adams, and then I invest the rest of the draft capital building out your depth. You need some more interior offensive linemen. You need more depth there, just so you have flexibility to kick AVT out to right tackle if needed. If you can't sign a right tackle in free agency, so I, I think you got to add at least three offensive linemen in the draft. That's how to attack the Jets. Defense is fine, man. Just retain your guys. You know, keep DJ Reed, re-sign him opposite of Sauce Gardner. Mm-hmm. You're fine at linebacker with Mosley and Williams. You still got Quinn and Williams in the interior. You got plenty of edge rushers. Hopefully, Will McDonald get in the field. Defense will be fine. Just bring back Reed. Get yeah. a new stadium too. Do you uh, agree with how uh, I, I do? Would yeah. The Jets? I mean, we don't have our second round pick either because uh, with the Rodgers uh, trade, it was based off of the amount of snaps he plays, which obviously he didn't even come close to. So it turned into a second round pick so we don't have our second rounder but yeah i agree we got to really focus on offensive line wide receivers um i mean if we happen to take a quarterback shot in the fourth or fifth round to try to develop so be it but maybe a back in the fourth or fifth yeah. just to well, no, no, Bre- we just got, to spell breeze a little bit I, I like the guy we got from pitt abaconda uh israel abaconda yeah. anaconda I, and yeah. I, yeah his name's hard to pronounce but he was a dog at pitt yeah he was so i like him so we don't necessarily have to draft a running back um but, yeah, I'd say the offensive line is our biggest thing. Defensively, we really don't – I mean, safety, you could still be addressed. But outside of that, not a lot of holes. We have a lot of edge rushers because I just hope we re-sign Bryce Hoff because he had first double-digit season, but he's, like, top five in pressure. Yeah, so, pre- pressure percentage is key because Crosby was top of the pressure percentage for a few years and guys weren't putting him up there. But now we all know Max Crosby's that dude. Yeah. All right, so now let me talk some Giants. You got, right. the, you got to, talk your, to talk your Jets. Let me talk my Giants now. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> So, I think there's a lot of options you can go here. Um, you can go a lot of ways with the Giants. Which you can. So, I, I, one I like is trading back because, obviously, like, in the beginning of the year, I, I'm not sold on Daniel Jones. Like, I know the contract, there's ways you can get out of it, but not this year. So, I say you give him one more chance to prove if he is a starter or not, I think, at this point. Because I think there's more holes in the team that you're not going to put together a Super Bowl winning roster anyway. So, you need to know, do we want to get t- ties with Jones? Maybe. So... What you do here is if Jaden Daniels is still there and somebody wants to come up and get him at six, which I think there is a good chance he is, you then decide, hey, do we want to trade back? Because we have a lot of holes we can fill, which whether it's on the line, the D-line, because right now Lawrence and Thibodeau, they're they're legit. But outside of that, like there's no like proven guys. Like old Jalari, like Can't stay okay. healthy. Can't stay healthy, he's alright. Definitely can be replaced if you can get like a guy like Dallas Turner, one of the other edge rushers. Then in the secondary, well, actually, the linebacker core, I think you're good. Good. Linebacker's like, fine for the first good. time in a long time. Who, I'm blanking out on the other. The, Micah McFadden. Micah McFadden. Took McFadden in the fifth round a couple years ago. He was good this seems, year. Seems to fit the part. Good, good big-time tackle guy. Um, so then it comes out to the secondary. McKinney's good still. I, I think you guys have got to be paying him He's soon. a free agent. Yeah. He's so a free agent right now. I think you've got to re-sign him. He was really good this year. I'm not going to lie. He was really good, but I think... I think he's going to have a high market. Yeah, so it's going to be. Do you want to pay a safety right now? But you're not taking a safety in the first round. You're just not, unless you trade way back. But last year we didn't even see a safety go in the first round. So you're not taking a safety. So if you are sold on like a Kool Aid McKinstry and want to trade back for him to pair with the Banks, do it. Because obviously, like you see with teams that have multiple corners, like one guy goes down, you're not screwed. Or you have two guys locking it down, then it takes a lot of stress off that edge rush that maybe. Maybe the sack numbers aren't there, but they can get up more because they get more time to go up to the quarterback because they can't throw it. So if you fall in love with a Kool-Aid McKinstry or one of the other corners, take him. Then on the offensive side of things... Hold on, before you move on, just pointing out, Odori Jackson is a free agent. Very yeah. unlikely he comes back. So there is a and, hole at QB, yeah. CB2. And also, I wasn't sold on him anyway. Like I think if if you want a Kool-Aid McKinstry, 
he's a massive upgrade. He he probably becomes your QB one, or I mean your corner one. You could say Banks, he had a good season, but you could say like McKinstry could be even better. And if he is even better, that's not a bad problem to have. No, it's not. So, and then on the offensive side of things, obviously running back, you're not drafting a running back. Even if you do or don't resign Saquon, you're not taking a running back there. Quarterback, I think you should just wait with Jones, play it out one more year, see if you can fix things. Because let's not forget, this team was in the playoffs just a year ago. I think wide receiver is probably the team's biggest need right now because I can't tell you the last time you guys have had a viable line wide receiver one. Need. Yes, but you guys can't get the separation anyway. So even if you can't block, you're not you don't have that difference maker. They don't have a difference maker, but I will say And I think you guys have taken so many offensive linemen that haven't panned out. At this point you need to take the wide receiver because at least you could be like, Alright, at least we have a guy that can get separation. Like you don't have that go to guy where it's like, Alright, we gotta our line can't block, we just gotta get the ball out and get it to our best player's hands. Like you have Saquon, but he's a running back. So you and Waller clearly did not pan out, couldn't stay healthy. That was my big fear with him coming into the year that He's older, hasn't been able to stay healthy the past couple of years. But you know what? You didn't give up a lot of capital and stuff, and he still could pan out. But you need someone that can get up and get separation. You're not going to get Harrison, but can you get Neighbors? Can, uh, can you get Odunes? Yeah, Odunes you'll get. And then uh, Johnson, or not not Johnson. Coleman. Coleman, sorry. So Odunes and Coleman will be there. Might be a little early, but do you want Neighbors at six? I think that's the pick you guys got to go with because you need that guy that will get the separation and be the difference maker. To pair with Wandell, who I think will – his ceiling is a wide receiver, too. I don't think he'll ever become a wide receiver one. And I think Hyatt, the speedster, on the outside. So that would be a nice core to put together, those three. Uh, pay Saquon whatever the hell you want, right? <laughs> I agree. Well, that's the, yeah. That, I wouldn't say Are you paying Saquon? No, I'm not. Because I don't think that's the formula to win. I don't think it's, I don't, he's not going to take a one-year deal. You're not going to franchise him. I just think it's setting you guys back long-term by paying the running back position. Then who's going to come in at running back? I think you look at drafting someone in the second, third round. or It's one or, of the worst running back classes I know, in recent I know, I know, which is unfortunate. But I just think long-term it sets you guys back. So what you'd have to do is basically say, all right, we'll give Saquon a, a deal, but he's going to want a long-term deal, which I don't think you can give him. If you can agree to a two-year deal, it'd be like, look, this is our window to win now. Let's see if we can build around Jones and Saquon and these guys. Then we do it. If that doesn't work out... Then you have to basically reset the franchise. Dable's out. All those guys are out and start fresh with a new quarterback and a new guy. All right. I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I think offensive line is the biggest need. Now, they're bringing in a new offensive line coach. And I know you mentioned they've taken so many offensive linemen, which they have. And they haven't and that's panned why I out. Think for the fans, and they've, they, and they've invested so much high draft capital into the offensive line. So something's wrong. Either you're yeah. scouting wrong, because the only hit they had was Andrew Thomas, and he's an all-pro. Mm-hmm. Like, John Michael Smith, it's the center they just took out of Minnesota this year, was not good. But Evan, he's going to be your center anyway. Ev- yes, he's the center. So you know you're good at left tackle, you got your center, and you have Evan Neal at right tackle, who has been terrible for two years. So you're either scouting wrong or the coaching's wrong. Thank God they fired Bobby Johnson, the O-line coach. Now the new offensive line coach has to decide, can he work with Neal, and does he see him being a long-term starter at right tackle? If he's not, if he doesn't see him as a long-term starter right tackle, you got to kick him into guard. Yeah. Then at six, you can go with Fashanu or Alt. <laughs> then you go Fashanu or Alt. Yeah. Uh, for the receivers, I agree. I think if they don't go tackle, they go receiver because they have Slayton under contract for one more year, who's Mister Consistent, but he's he's not a wide receiver one. Let's be honest. Hyatt's a speedster, but Hyatt also showed that he gets open a lot. And you saw when Tyrod came in, yeah. they started taking those deep shots. And Wandell, towards the end of the season, finally got healthy. He's your slot guy. Yes. And he and he looked really good, especially he in space. He looked he was quick, he was explosive, made a lot of guys miss. He looked good in the back half of the year, recovering from that knee. Now he has a full offseason actually prepped for the NFL because it was combine and then it was recovery. So I agree with you. I think it's tackle, 
or receiver. Unless you go and get a guy like T. Higgins or someone like that to be your number one. But I'm still not sold on T. Higgins as the number one. We've never seen him do it, and I'm really not sold on him because the guy can't stay healthy. Fuck him. Yeah. He can't stay healthy. So I, I don't know. I just think at this point, like, you just got to do some patch-up jobs and see if you can at least get this team back in the right direction before you make any decisions. But I don't think quarterback's the move. I Yeah. I mean, I, I if they were to take a quarterback, if they were to take Jaden Daniels, I wouldn't hate it because and I have faith in Brian Dable because that guy has worked with quarterbacks his entire life and he built up Josh Allen. So I have faith in Dable if he wants to take a well, quarterback. Well, if he does that, that's also saving his job because I think if you don't it take a quarterback, if you don't take a quarterback this year and it's another season like last year, he is fired 100%. Yes. Because you can't – like. You can't do have one good season like, and the one good season like wasn't enough to like buy you multiple years. Like we just saw Mike Vrabel get fired, who was a coach of the year candidate, and he had two bad years, and he's gone. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to give him a third year. So if the only way he gets that third year is if he goes to quarterback this year. So that would be like almost an insurance policy for him. Yeah, that's what a lot of coaches and regimes do to buy more yeah. time. All right, gentlemen, stop being uh, GMs for a moment. Let's <laughs> hop to felt versus fan question. Who has the most career tackles in the NFL, only dated back to 1994, and what team did he play on? He played on the Commanders. It's got to be a... Did he play on the Commanders? I don't know what the Commanders are. The the Redskins. Correct. He did play on the Redskins. Yo, Walmart put this... He told me today... He played on multiple teams. He told me today... Uh, that he <laughs> sent a trivia question. I go, answer, Redskins. He goes, correct. <laughs> I, I feel like I right, know who it is. It's what, a are line, the, it's what are a... the three teams that he played on? Oh, that was a cool... Wait. Oh, who's the guy? <sighs> Leading tackler since 94. He's got the most career tackles in the NFL. Yeah. Since 1994, because I guess Fox, the man. The That's stadium. crazy, because no, automatically... You, you're going to say it, and I'm going to know it, and it's going to piss me off. Oh, oh, uh, London Fletcher. Boom! Oh! oh wow. he, also played, he also played on the Titans, and he played on the... He played on the Titans, he played on Washington, and then who's the third team? It was definitely at the back end of his career. Well, I don't want to say he Niners. He didn't play on the Titans. He didn't? Nope. N- Niners? Oh. Nope. Saints? Oh, Saints, yeah. Yep. Yeah, played Saints. on the Saints. Two other teams are Rams and Buffalo. Okay, but still, the fact that I got it right was good. Job, Let's go, I was dude. Say, Let's guess. go. First guess. I was gonna say it was like I knew, I knew like right away that it was someone like that, and I just had to keep thinking because I knew there was a big time tackler. Good. But I that honestly, if it wasn't the guy at Walmart asking the question, I probably would have never thought that way. But the fact <laughs> that we knew right away it was a Washington guy that helped narrow it down big time. All right, let's jump to Caleb. General question: Did Vrabel deserve to be fired? And how much of the Titans' lackluster season can you actually blame them for? Uh, I don't think he deserved to be fired, but I think you have to fire him because it's basically just saying we're going to reset everything, Will Levis. And and honestly, it's not like it's that hard to get away from Will Levis. If they, if they honestly like, want to bring in a new coach, like they spend a second-round pick on him. They don't have the fifth-year option. So if they have a new coach comes in, like they're a team that could still draft a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like If they get a coach and GM that come in and they're like, yeah, like we don't like Levis. Like We want Jaden Daniels or we want to actually go trade up and get – one of those top two quarterbacks, like that's still a possibility. Where are they picking seven? Uh, I believe seven or because seven or eight. No, Atlanta. seven. Yeah, eight Chicago's Atlanta, nine. So there's Chicago's seven. nine. Jets are ten. Unless yeah. where's Ve- I know Vegas one, so I think they're eleven or twelve. But yeah, um, yeah. So they're at seven. So I mean, there's still a chance they could go a quarterback too. So I don't know, man. It, it's definitely interesting, and I really don't blame it on Vrabel one hundred percent. I mean, he's the coach at the end of the day, but like. I blame a lot on Ryan Tannehill not being at the level that he used to be. Like, he wasn't even at a, like, competent level. Like, honestly, he was not much better than Will Levis, or 
not Will Levis, Malik Willis. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the coach always deserves some of the blame. He's not their problem. Look at that offense, man. Their offensive line was terrible going into the season. We knew that. I mean, yeah. their only like kind of guy they had was Peter Skronsky, who was a rookie, rookie yeah. they just took out of Northwestern. Yeah. 29-year-old Derrick Henry. You came in the season with 35-year-old Tannehill. You, I mean, you got DeAndre Hopkins, your wide receiver, one who's 31. You paid a shit ton of money, too, which now, like, you, you kind of want to get out of that contract. Your wide receiver, two Traylon Burks, who you traded A.J. Brown to get that pick to take Burks, and he hasn't stayed healthy in two years. He's has, what, 500 yards total in two years? The offense is terrible. They're in a really tough spot for whoever's coming in now because, yeah, you're picking seven, but you got to imagine Henry's not going to be there. For me, I'm going to roll with Levis for one more year because, like you mentioned, Reagan, I think they're going to be terrible. I think you're going to be picking the top of the draft. So I think you roll out Levis. You see what he's got. Next year, you could address quarterback. At seven, I'd go receiver. You can go tackle. They have a lot of options. There's a lot of ways you can go. They have a lot of holes, so it it works out well. They could even trade back, honestly, and stockpile picks. Yeah, they have a lot of holes. There's a lot of teams that could trade up. for Like, if Daniels is there at seven... They'll have some people coming up to buy it, and they'll get a lot more assets than they probably would have. Yeah, I, so. you can go a lot of directions. I don't think Vrabel deserved to be fired, and they were talking about you know, the potential of trading him, similar to how Sean Payton got traded to the Broncos. Uh, I mean, they said, the ownership said, basically the end of the day it was going to take too long, and they want to get going on a new coach. So that's why they fired him when they could have gotten an asset. And also a lot of coaches, we've seen this in the past, they don't want to be traded for because they want the team they're going to to have that draft pick. Yeah. Or picks. So Vrabel probably would have pushed back against getting traded anyways. Interesting situation. But he's certainly a top 12 to 15 coach in this league, and he will be, get hired soon. Nice. Okay, so somehow Saquon Barkley got our link. Um, <laughs> general question, what is your most likely Super Bowl matchup, and do you think any teams could shock people and make a run? Well, I'd say the Browns is a team that could shock people and make a run. Uh I think at this point, like, I still am not going to count on Philadelphia. Like, I still think they can make a run with their pedigree. Like, they were just a team in the Super Bowl last year returning a lot of guys. Like, they have a lot of issues, but at this point, I'd say if they made it to the Super Bowl, that's a team that would be shocking at this point, which is crazy to say that it's, like, completely flipped, and they've done a 180 where now they're coming in, like, as underdogs with not a lot of expectations. Um, but those are two teams I think could shock if we're going to bo- based off of both conferences. I'd say the most likely matchup is Ravens versus Niners. It's definitely most likely. They've been the two um, most dominant teams all year. But, I mean, Buffalo, def- I could see, like, Buffalo and Dallas, too. Like, a Buffalo-Dallas, I could see, uh, which I believe has been a matchup before in the Super Bowl back in the 90s. i like to see Bills-Ravens. That would be sick. I mean, like, I'm talking about, like, in conference. That would be sick. Bills-Ravens would be a fun game. I was like, that's a bold take. Yeah. <laughs> I would just be a good game in general. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I obviously have a Browns future, so I'm a little biased towards them, but I definitely think... That's who I'm rooting for to win. But <laughs> all right, um, I, well, I didn't get to say mine. Drock, you, you, relax. Go ahead, go ahead Jeff. So yeah, the most likely scenario is definitely Niners Ravens. Considering you get that first round bye, it's very very crucial. Now, like Reagan said, Dallas and Buffalo, I think are the clear two in both conferences that can get there. Now, who can surprise people? I think everyone is counting out the Chiefs right now. With all their struggles, but let's be honest, it's Mahomes and Andy Reid in the playoffs. You can never count them out, and they're gonna spank Miami this weekend. I mean, the, yeah. the, the weather is well, gonna be the weather. It's gonna be spank like, them. I don't know about that. When yes, it's gonna be ten degrees in Kansas City. Miami cannot play in cold weather. It's a terrible yeah. draw for them. Miami needed to win that game to play at home to play Buffalo again. Terrible draw for Miami. I think the Chiefs definitely beat the Dolphins. 
and you never want to play Mahomes and Reed in the playoffs. Now, I'm going to push back on your Eagles a little bit, just considering that A.J. Brown has the knee, Devontae has the ankle, Jalen Hurts has the finger. That's a lot of issues on the offense, which has been carrying you all year because that defense is brutal. Mm-hmm. Slay's been out for an extended period of time. Does he come back? You'd hope so, but at the same time, I don't think he's saving that defense. I think Philly actually gets... I don't know. I haven't decided whether or not they're going to lose to Tampa Bay, but I don't have confidence I can't, in them. I just can't see them losing to Tampa, Tampa Bay. Uh, dude, it's just weird. I mean, Tampa Bay just looks so bad against Carolina, you know? Yeah. They won 9 and Tampa, And it's not like Baker's healthy either. No, he's not healthy. He's got the, so. the rib injury, uh, also ankle. So Yeah, he was limping every single time he yeah, came so off the, the field. Not, I don't know. It's going to be a tough game to predict. Now, a team that could surprise people in the NFC, I'm going to go with the Rams, man. I, I think given that that core, McVay, Stafford, Cup, Donald, has all done it before, yeah. and you have all these young bucks, like, those are your leaders. They got a ring. They're a scary team. And I think the, the, uh, the Lions are probably pissed that they drew the Rams in the first round because that team's been hot. Yeah. Granted, they did almost lose to the Giants. They did not play well that game. But I think the Rams could shock some people in the NFC. All right, now we've got a fantasy question from Saquon. What are your thoughts on a waiver pickup of Bo Mellon of the Packers in Dynasty this offseason? I think he should be stashed absolutely uh, out of Rutgers. Shout out Coco. Uh, considering that that Packers receiving core is so young, like you don't have a proven guy like Devontae Adams there that you know is going to get getting touches. You have Jaden Reed who popped off this year as a rookie where you know he's going to have a role. You have Romeo Dobbs who's been good, not great. Wicks has been good. Yeah, he's been good when he stepped in because Christian Watson's been out and he's shown that he can't stay healthy. And even when he was healthy this year, he wasn't consistent. He wasn't producing. So there's a lot of young guys and there's a lot of opportunity for guys to get more targets. So I think you should stash Bo Melton considering how he looked at the end of the season. So I wouldn't say absolutely stash him because I know obviously it depends on how big is your bench size. Like there's a lot of options there. So it's not an absolute stash for me. Uh, it really comes, like, to me, a lot of factors in. If you got a ton of bench spots in your team, you need wide receivers, pick them up. If you're like, I'm set on wide receivers, and go take some running back flyers. Because we got the rookie draft coming up soon, and after the rookie draft, that's when you want to pick up all these undrafted guys. Because I'd rather take flyers on them where maybe you get the Puka Nakua, because that's what I did. Yeah, but you can stash on taxi. You can, yes. But I still think you should try to fill as many as you can, like try to get five or six guys. So it really depends on your dynasty settings because, like, I know ours, we have, like, maybe 15 bench spots. So if you have more than 15, yeah. If Even if you have 10-plus, yeah. But if you have, like, less than 10, then no. I would also say if you're holding on to vets, like, I don't know, a dude like Leonard Fournette, you know, waiting to get a spot or, like, a Dalvin Cook or something like that, like an old back that's past his prime that is only real path to being well, fantasy relevant – is injuries and being but in the right situation. I'll fight back on that because I'd rather I did that with Zeke this year, and then come playoff time, Zeke was a viable starter. Yeah, but you picked him up during the season. Yes, didn't but you? no, no, I picked. Well, I picked him up like before the season started because somebody dropped him right after the rookie draft. So I think like guys like that, where it's like they're the clear cut number two, and I've done it before as the number one. Like it's tough for me because like like if if they he does get that situation, like his ceiling's higher than Bo Melton's. But I I, I think. Basically, if you you'd be calling your shot. So if you think Bo Melton really could become a starter for you, then pick him up. If you don't see that future, then don't. Yeah, I think if you can become fantasy relevant, just given his age, at the worst, he's a trade ship. Fair enough. Yeah. Now we got a betting question. Thoughts on Bucks plus two and a half at home against a struggling Philly team? I am gonna go with Philly in this matchup. Yeah, I mean it's so tough. Just I haven't Baker's injured. I haven't dove into it yet. We're gonna talk about that tomorrow. So we're gonna have our picks tomorrow when we do our pod. It's tough because Baker's beat up, but also 
I just mentioned a lot of guys in Philly's offense are beat up, and Philly's lost five of the last six, Both including teams losses are into this matchup. Yeah, including loss to the Cardinals, and then getting their ass kicked by the Giants in Week 17 and 18. Two teams picking the top six. Very tough to predict. It does help Tampa Bay that they're at home, though. I will say because yeah. being at Philly is definitely tough come playoff time. Got a punishment idea: ice bath, ten minutes, boxers only. Hmm. I used to do that after practice. It sucks. You just gotta wait for the balls to get numb. Yeah, that Not could a be punishment for Colin. That could be something. Yeah, <laughs> that is something we could maybe even do on the pod. Like you have to do a segment. Yeah, like, do a segment in the ice bath. Yeah, I would like, like that. that. That's a good idea. We just need a big tub. More like a social media thing where you gotta go like on Instagram live for ten minutes and just answer all the questions. I actually like that idea of being in an ice bath during the pod. That's like that's about it. That's a good idea. Yeah, good, good, good job. Right, who, thanks, who was that? Who asked this? One, aka Kenny Sisson. Oh, oh Donut Man? He was, <laughs> he was Pop-Tart Man last time. Now he's Saquon Barkley. Oh, that's good. Was he Hugh Chavez right. in the past? I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Hugh has still not revealed himself. Yeah. All right, let's hop to uh, Jared. General question, who are the top five most important non-quarterbacks in this year's playoffs? Ooh. Wow. Uh, McCaffrey. Are you going order or just naming five? Just it's naming tough five. to go. It's tough to go order. Well, McCaffrey, uh, you could say Roquan to the Ravens. Um, I like McCaffrey and Roquan. Um, Miles Garrett on the Browns. I would say T.J. Watt, but he's already out, and they're not going to go far. I'm, I'm looking at teams that'll go far. You know what I mean? Like that'll actually be around for a while. Uh, oh, Micah Parsons. And you want to keep going pass rushers? Aaron Donald. He's the, he fuels that Rams defense. Yeah, yeah. If they're going to make noise, Aaron, Ram, Aaron Donald. Donald but the defense is, like hasn't. They like the like these other teams have like been winning because they're elite defensive play. Like the Rams have been getting in these shootouts and yes, winning still. So but it's like Aaron Donald me, is historically in the playoffs an absolute yes. beast. And if they're gonna make a run, he has to have yes. multiple sacks. He, no, I'm not. I'm not discrediting him. I'm just yeah. don't know if he's in my top five. Um, I'm trying to think. I would say Matt Milano if he was playing for the Bills, but he's not. How about Stephon Diggs? He has not been. Or Ty- in- no, Tyreek. Two. Tyreek, yeah. yeah. Ty- I mean, Tyreek is basically the Miami offense. If they're making a run, yes, Tyreek. Or Chris Jones for D- the, also. I say the- Diggs only because the Bills have been winning. They've won, what, five or six in a row? And yeah. Diggs has been almost non-existent in the offensive game plan. I know it's worked now. But if they're going to get to the Super Bowl and win it, Diggs has to be an integral part of it. So he's top five X-Factors for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. We just named like ten dudes. So There's you pick, you got to pick your own five from there. All right, fantasy question. What player do you foresee driving up their fantasy value next year in these playoffs? Damian Williams, Chris Hogan, and others of the past playoff runs. So I guess like guys like Kyron like probably won't drive it up any more than they already have. So if we're going more on a scale of like that, where he's talking about guys that really didn't have any value to then like, oh shit, like this guy's legit. How about Dalton Kincaid? Because I think Dawson Knox is gonna be out the door. And if Kincaid has a big playoff run, I think he could be picked as a top eight to ten tight end next year, considering that he's young uh, and that's a high-powered offense. I think okay. Kincaid could be viable. Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice. I mean, a lot of people um, know about him because he's the number one, but if he goes yeah. on a crazy playoff the, run, yeah, exactly. then he's up in that like 40s mm-hmm. type of range in a the, in the redraft. Um, I would say, honestly, Ayuk, because it seems like every year coming into it, he's kind of like slept on in the sense. So Ayuk, if he has a crazy playoff run, like he could be in that like, Third to fourth round pick, maybe even a second if he goes crazy. I like that one. Um, Zay Flowers. I'll go Zay Flowers. Had a phenomenal rookie year. And if he 
pops off with Lamar and they win a Super Bowl, I could see Zay Flowers getting picked very high. How about high. Justice Hill, too? Yeah, I, I like Justice Hill. That's a good one. All right, betting question. If you had to bet NFC or AFC to win the Super Bowl, who would you and why? AFC. Mm. Why? Just because there's more options that I think could actually win the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, all it takes is, like, right now, like, in the NFC, like, the only team, like, everyone seems to be, like, 100% sold on is the 49ers. And what if it just takes one fluky thing? Like, last year, Brock Purdy gets injured. There goes their season. You know what I mean? So, if you got one of those fluky teams that goes on a run that makes it in versus, like, the AFC where it's, like, the Ravens seem to be legit. The Bills seem to be legit right now. Can't sleep on the Chiefs. Can't sleep on the Chiefs. Like, the Browns have been, in my opinion, a top-five team the past, like, they're, like, coming in super hot. So, and even, like, other teams like Miami, like, outside of, like, can you definitely say, like, Dallas, Philly, Detroit is better than them? So, it's, like, there's almost, like, five or six teams in the AFC that you can say are better than, like, the second-best team in the NFC and the Cowboys. Yeah, I'd love to disagree with you to argue, but I can't because, like you mentioned, the NFC, it's Niners or bust, in my opinion. Cowboys are going to choke. They do every year. Lions, I think, are, fl- are flukes. I think they lose to the Rams. Tampa Bay or Philly have faith in neither team. Where in the AFC, those top three, I think, can all do it. Yeah. Now, can the Browns make a push to the playoff? I put them, I mean, to the Super Bowl, I put them at four, but I still don't think they're going to make the Super Bowl. Miami, without their top two edge rushers, Jalen Phillips and um, Bradley Chubb, they're not doing it. Bringing in Justin Houston off the street today, like, that's not going to solve your issues there. <laughs> and they can't play in cold weather, so I'm sorry. You're not beating the Chiefs on the road. If you do, congrats. You're not beating the Ravens on the road. Yeah. Like, it's just not happening for me. Houston, they're too young. Great that they got there. Great experience. They can't do it. but So I settle on three teams in the AFC, and I'm only confident in one in the NFC. All right, let's talk to uh, Austy. 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 A couple of general questions from him. It seems that you guys answer most of them, but one that stands out is how far does Penix fall in the draft and after his lackluster performance against Michigan? I still think he's top 10 because I think, like, after, I think he'll have a good combine. I think the fact that there's so many teams, and this has been the year where there's been the most like injuries and different quarterbacks like started this year. Where I think the quarterback position is so valuable at this point, and there's so many teams like in that like top ten range to top fifteen range that could use a quarterback. Where I still don't think he falls super far. Like maybe now he's like where there was a chance like oh could he go before Daniels? Now that's probably done, and now he's I'd say at this point I think he's locked into the four because. I don't see McCarthy or Knicks going before him, so I'd say he's still a first-rounder. It's just a matter of more towards the back half but than maybe the front half. But I'd say top 10 is still a very good chance. I think there's zero chance he goes top 10 after that performance, considering his medical red flags. Yeah. Because I think cause his performance after Texas was drumming up some conversation of him potentially going top 10. Then we had some we saw some mock drafts of him going 8 to Atlanta. or I mean, there are... Some sweet spots in the middle of the draft. Teams like Denver, teams like New Orleans, Atlanta. You know, but I don't I, necessarily I, I, want to use it as a negative against him because it's like at the end of the day, like he's getting more tape on him and he's playing in big games, which I think is a, a big crucial thing. And also, like some of these teams might not want a project, like a young guy that you have, is a project. Like a lot of these teams do that, and like we want the young guy, like doesn't have a lot of experience and it doesn't work out. Look at a guy like Brock Purdy. You could say a lot's the system, but he was a guy who played all four years in college, had a lot of experience, came in older, and can actually command an offense. So at the end of the day, some teams might be like, yeah, there's some red flags here, but he has a lot of experience. Maybe he hasn't played the best in big games, but he has the experience of being in those big games versus taking some of the guys that might be bigger projects. Because how many big games has Jaden Daniels been in? 
Uh, a couple. I mean, he started for a lot of years. Jaden Daniels. But I'm saying, like, I'm saying, Jaden Daniels is 23. He's a freshman in Arizona State. Hold on. He hasn't played in the college football playoffs. Bo Nix hasn't played in the college football playoffs. Well, they're older. They're not playing in the big time games in front of the whole entire country. Josh Allen didn't play in the college football playoffs. Patrick Mahomes didn't. Lamar Jackson didn't. Okay. There's the three best quarterbacks in the I league. I understand that. I understand that. But we can name a ton of guys that didn't that didn't pan out. That's, yeah. That I, is my point. Like, yeah, you can name guys that didn't. I'm just more so saying. There's going to be five or six quarterbacks probably taken in the top two rounds. And how many of them are actually going to pan out? Because they're not all going to pan out. No. I mean, so chances they are two, two boom, couple all right, couple bust. Yeah. That's and you, and you said, like, Josh Allen went to a small school, didn't play in a bunch of big games. Trey Lance went to a small school, didn't play in a lot of big Each games. Each player is his own out. man. Exactly. So my whole point is there's a lot of things, there's some positives you can take from Penix. Like, while he may have not performed, he still played in a big game last night, showed some flashes, definitely showed some reasons that maybe you shouldn't be as high on him, but I still think he goes in the first round, and I have confidence that he could still sneak into that top 10. I think his ceiling is mid-first round, potentially 20s. I, I think his I, ceiling's top 10, but I think his mid-ground and probably where he'll go is middle first. I think the biggest issue is his knee injuries, though. Like, yeah. granted, it's one game last night. You don't take a player based off one game. And that's my point. But I, I think he needed that game to boost him into the top ten, considering his medical red flags. Yeah. All right, last question within two minutes. Um, what team is guaranteed first-round exit? Guaranteed a first-round exit. I mean, the Steelers. easy one's the Steelers. Yeah, the Steelers are easily um, going to lose to the Bills. And then I'm going to also say the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, I said that. I think Kansas City spanks And, and uh, Green Bay as well. Yeah, I think Green Bay is going to lose to Dallas. I mean, Green well. Bay and yeah. Steelers are the obvious ones, but I'd say the Dolphins are like the one where the spread is kind of... And then it's I'll, four. Yeah, it's four. And, oh, and the Lions, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say easily because the Lions are favored. No, but. Lions, they're going to get exposed. I, I, I'd I, be a fool to not back up my take that I've been saying they're a first-round exit all season. All right. A fool. That wraps up a lot of questions, guys. <laughs> we'll get to the games next. All right, guys, welcome back in. We're going to recap not every single game, as much as I'm sure you guys would love to hear about the Aiden O'Connell versus Jarrett Stidham battle. We're, <laughs> we're not going to get into or maybe the Easton Stick versus Chad Henney. We can't get into every matchup. but Hey, Blaine Gabbard. No disrespect, Blaine. Yeah, oh. you, you, got, you guys asked so many great questions today. We had a lot of news, so we're going to take this time to go over the games that actually matter for playoff implications. We're going to start off Saturday. Steelers beat the Ravens 17-10. Now, the Ravens rested a lot of starters. However, the Steelers getting that win... And what, what ensued, the and they made the playoffs <laughs> with what ensued the rest of the weekend. Huge for Pittsburgh. Mason Rudolph, 18-20 for 152 and one touchdown. Not a lot of passing yards, Reagan, but he was efficient. And that got him the starting nod this weekend against Buffalo. Najee Harris, 26 for 112 and a touchdown. Yeah, what guess a game where he for finished on the season. Number seven. Number seven. So, so Reagan's hot take of leading the league wasn't that crazy. It wasn't, yeah. You know what? I was getting a lot of shit early on. A lot of people going, yeah, Najee, that, that one's really panning out. Yes, I was wrong. But at least it was a respectable wrong. Like, if you finish top seven, at least it's like, you know what? He was, at least the take was like, there was some reasoning behind it where it's like, you know what? Didn't hit, but at least... It had some potential. Yeah, he turned it on at the end of the season to make you not look like an idiot, my friend. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I, I think I just have to take him next year because I'm gonna be pissed if he doesn't. <laughs> my biggest takeaway from this, though, Reagan, George Pickens without a target. Yeah, that is not a recipe for success heading into the playoffs. Hey, they didn't need it. In fairness, and I think weather played a big factor in the game. It was a monsoon. And, yes. Yeah, and just the fact that they didn't need it. They were they were running the ball well. Najee and Warren were getting some big holes and gashing them. Yeah, Deontay Johnson had four for 89 for a touchdown to lead the Big Steelers receiving-wise. For the Ravens, 
A lot of backups. Don't have to go too much into it. Huntley had a touchdown, and that was to Isaiah Likely, who's been a touchdown machine towards the back half of the year. I'm looking for Isaiah Likely to continue his hot streak into the playoffs, Reagan. Sure. All right, what do we want to jump to next, huh? Probably the next big Saturday Probably the next game. big game. The Texans and the Colts, the big bet of the week. I'm the king of the big bets. Texans took it down. You said it was a smash play. You thought the Colts were going to roll. I did. I didn't love the play calling at the end. There's so many fingers you could point there. You could blame it on, why am I blanking out on the running back? Help me out here. Because it wasn't Jonathan Taylor. It wasn't Zach Moss. I mean, it's a guy that really oh, has Oh, what's his name? Uh, you, it should be in the box score. Just look at Colts running backs. He probably had a... Yeah, he didn't record a stat. <laughs> yeah, but he should be on there because of the target, no? No, he's not on there. 31. He was number 30. Wow, that's oh. bad. I'm blanking out. Tyler Goodson? Tyler Goodson, yes. Tyler Goodson. Uh, yeah, bad... Not not great preparation on my end, but um yes, you could bl- blame it on him a little bit. You could blame it on Minshew a little bit. You know, there's a lot of guys you could blame it on. Like, but I, I think it all comes down to Steichen in that coaching. Like, what what are you doing, man? You're taking a timeout like to think over that last play, and then you don't get it. Like, at least if you didn't get it, but you had your three timeouts, you actually have a chance. Then you think about it, because when they go to punt, there's eight seconds on the clock. If you have that third timeout. You have 48 yeah, seconds. Yeah, Reagan, that was shocking to me. And then it's like, okay, you get the ball back with about 40 seconds, maybe on the 40-yard line, 30-yard line. You know, at least you can get the ball down. You have a puncher's chance. And have a chance first, you know, you get the, they take the safety. And honestly, the, like if the punter just waits one more second, they don't even get the kick return. And so it comes down a lot to coaching. Like I don't think people are giving enough shit for him taking that timeout. Like the play call was good. The guy was open. Minshew's got to make a better throw. Goodson's got to come mm-hmm. down with it. But also it's like, why is Goodson in? Like, it should be Taylor. Or even Moss you can make a case for just because Moss had been so dominant on the year as well. Not Goodson. I agree with you, Reagan, so, with everything you said. And I think a lot of the heat was not on Steichen because of how the final play ensued. That Goodson I think dropped a lot it. should be because people should point to the fact that, hey, you didn't even give your team a chance Like if you, your defense did get a stop, which they did. They did, yes. So, uh, the, I mean, I, a lot of people were mad that Taylor wasn't in. He had 30 carries for 188 and a touchdown on this one. He was dominant. He was their entire offense. I don't hate the play call. It was designed really well. He was naked, wide open. Minshew, like you said, needs a better throw. Goodson needs to catch that ball. Hits both your hands. It's a big moment for a kid. Tough for him to be the guy that you go to there, but at the end of the day, the play has to be made. For Houston, this was won by C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins in this one. Stroud went 20-26 for 264, two touchdowns. Nico Collins, 9 for 195 in a touchdown, Reagan, with the long of 75, and that kind of set the tone early in the game because the Colts had a long drive. They kicked a field goal, and then right away, boom, Stroud down to Nico Collins. Beautiful deep ball. Yeah, killing our Dawson, uh, or Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz first, first touchdown. touchdown. Within one yeah. play, we're like, oh, let's go. Cool. They got the stop. Let's see Schultz. And then it's like, oh, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Well, that I will cute. say, at least for the parlay, you know, Dave's Najee hit. My CJ Stroud hit by half a yard. We fell short, though, as a collective, so we got to do better for you guys. And yeah, we will. Yeah, Houston. Did not hit, and no. Joe's Gardner didn't even come close. Didn't it was, even come close. It was it was a rough it was rough. I should have stuck with Taylor. I kept saying I had Taylor from the start, but I was like, you know what, I switch it. Shouldn't have. Don't but switch. Never switch. Didn't matter in the long run because, but I did have Taylor the whole time. Never switch. And the Texans with that win punched their ticket to the playoffs. We're not going to dive into the Bengals over the Browns. Bengals won thirty-one to fourteen. Browns are resting a lot of their starters. Yeah, nine and eight for the Bengals without Joe Burrow for much of the season, though. The fact they had a winning record. So what I will say is though, Jake Browning, it'll be interesting to see if he what ends up happening. Not like I mean, he's not going to be the Bengals starter, but just like will a team try to trade for him in the offseason? Because he definitely showed a lot of flashes. He did. He could be a viable plug-and-play guy. Like if a guy goes down in training camp, a starting quarterback, I can see Browning on the move, or they can still have him as Burrow's backup. backup. Yeah. 
Not going to dive in the Lions or the Vikings, concerned the Vikings were not in it. Thing, though? Slanging that thing, slanging that thing, Nick Mullins, slanging that thing. I said it on the on the pod, and there was a clip on social media, half joking around, like I'm gonna sprinkle on 400 plus, and he had 396. He was slanging it, but he didn't get 400. But damn, and he found Justin that Jefferson slanging that for thing. 12, 12 for 192 and a touchdown for yeah, Jettas to end his season. Stings because the week before, Jettas was the one like that didn't hit on the parlay, and it was just like if you had Mullins in the whole Mullins, game, that hits, smashed. that yep. hits, you know, disappointing. We're going to talk about the Titans and the Jaguars for a little bit here just because the Titans knocked the Jags out of the playoffs. Yeah, from Mike Vrabel's last game as head coach. Of the playoffs, Titans finished 6 and 11 with a 20 to 20 win over the Jags. Jags 8 and 3 to 9 and 8 missed the playoffs. Texans win the division. This was behind Derrick Henry 19 for 153 and a touchdown and in potentially his last game as a Titan. Hmm. Yeah, I mean he addressed the crowd like it was, so and honestly now Henry might be a guy going wherever Vrabel goes. Yeah, because Henry did say today to Diana Rossini he was very shocked that Vrabel was hired, and he's looking forward to where he ends up next. Potentially, Yeah, I don't know, I think him and Ramondre would be a nice duo in New England. Yeah. Uh, for the Jags, they didn't really do much. Lawrence, 280, two touchdowns, two picks. ETN, 16 for 57. Ridley, 6 for 106, a touchdown. Ingram, 10 more catches to add on to his phenomenal year for yeah. 79 and a touchdown. But they fall short. That defense ultimately was what let them down down the stretch. That's why they're at home, sitting on the couch with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to dive into the Jets-Patriots. Jets won hey. 17-3. We, hey, at least give us credit for be- ending that streak. They did end the 15-game losing streak to the Pats, and I was saying there's no way in hell Belichick loses last game to the Jets. Well, he still has a job right now, so maybe I'm not wrong. And how about, <laughs> hey, hey, how about Brees, man? Brees, 37 carries for 178 and a touchdown. Yeah, he ended up finishing the year with... Uh, I think almost 1,600 scrimmage yards, so hell of a year for him. So I can only imagine what he'll do next year with Aaron Rodgers. And when he's not spending the offseason rehabbing from a knee, and he Bro, has a full year he, to prepare. He might go for 2,000 all-purpose yards next year. I, I wouldn't be shocked. With, I mean, to be honest with you, I think he's RB2 behind McCaffrey going into the next season. Yeah, it's either him or Kyron and as the RB2. Not going to dive into Falcons. Saints, Saints won 48-17. It was close in the beginning. It was 17-17 at half, and the Saints put it on them at the end of the, end of the game. Can I can I talk about Derek Carr for a minute? You can if and you just, want. Just the fact, this isn't an apology, but it's more so just me being very annoyed that this this guy, like, I'm happy they didn't make the playoffs because it would have hurt that much more. Although it does hurt when you when they came up one win short of it because they went 9-8. and eight. I needed them to go 10-7 and seven or better. But... The fact that he ended the season with 25 touchdowns to eight picks and almost 4,000 passing yards <laughs> pisses me off because it doesn't look like he had a bad year. And, like, also the last four games of the season, like, he uh, – hold on. I, I should have – I had it up before. The la- I guess how many touchdowns he threw for the, the in the past four weeks? Uh, 11. 12 touchdowns to one interception in his past four games. Where the hell was this all season, Derek Carr? <laughs> like, this is a guy that I was talking about that could maybe go for the MVP, but, you know – Four, four games in a 17-game season doesn't quite do it. So, I will say, point out one more thing for the Saints. Kendra Miller, 13 for 73 and a touchdown in this one. Rookie out of TCU, was hurt yeah. for a lot of the year. With Kamara aging, Jamal Williams, don't know if he'll be back. They don't really have much of a role this season. Not at all. I would stash Kendra Miller if he's available in any of your dynasty leagues. Also, yeah. Bijan, seven catches for 103 at a 75-yard touchdown catch. Pretty badass. Hopefully he can do that next year with a better offensive mind in place. Badass for sure. Not going to really dive into the Bucks panthers considering it was a 9 nothing game, but the Bucks did clinch the division with a beat-up Baker Mayfield. Surprised they didn't score a touchdown. You're not beating Philly by scoring nine points. 
I'm sorry. They yeah, need to was, figure it out. It's Carolina. That was a very ugly game. <laughs> Defense looks good, but they got to figure it out if they're going to do anything in the playoffs. Packers 17-9 over the Bears, improved to nine and eight, and make the playoffs. I said that preseason. That was one of the, my hot oh. takes. I had to win the division, so that was the hottest of takes. But at least I got in at nine and eight. They did, yeah. Proud of myself for call. that one. Uh, now let, let's highlight Jordan Love here, Reagan. Yeah, he had 27 of, of 32 for 316 and two touchdowns against this Bears defense that has been almost dominant the back half of the season. Very dominant, yes. Like, outside of, like, a few teams, like, you could say they've been the best defense in football. In Crazy. Uh, Aaron Jones, 22 for 111. Jaden Reed, 4 for 112. Bo Melton, 5 for 62. That offense, man, it's humming. It he doesn't matter who's that receiver. He was slanging it. Slanging that thing. I mean, you know, Jordan Love might be one of those guys that comes to mind when we say slang that thing. Yeah, it'll be Now, nice Justin Fields, 11. With Joe Flacco. <laughs> with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco better be slanging it. I like to take back my Michael Penix Jr., the first guy that comes to mind, slanging yeah. that thing. He let me down. Justin Fields, 11 of 16 for 148, had eight carries for 27 yards. Did not look too good in this one. Potentially his last game as a bear. I don't know. The fans want him there. I hope not. They would be foolish. Also, be foolish. the draft would be wild if they moved the number one pick. It's just, you know, the big award do. that would ensue. Uh, who doesn't want it? some excitement in Detroit? It would be Because they ain't getting the Super Bowl, so they're going to need some excitement. Yeah, that, that would be interesting to see. All right, what do we got next? We're not going to dive into the Raiders. Broncos, 27-14. Raiders win. Both teams end 8-9. and nine. Now, it does help Antonio Pierce's case to get the head coaching job. He still does, is in but place. but it doesn't because the same owner is there when they didn't give Fasaccia the job when he got him into the playoffs. So, <laughs> Yeah, you never know what Davis is going to do. Giants-Eagles. Giants 27-10. I was at this one. And, you know, I had to go support the boys. Wow, that was fun. That was a lot of fun watching Saquon Barkley shit on that team. Tyrod Taylor played well. The Eagles were in shambles. Yeah. Uh, A.J. Brown got hurt early with the knee, and then Hurts broke his finger. And then it was Mariota time, and at that point, the game was over. And that was another thing. A lot of people were uh, crapping on Hurts and stuff, but I'm like, did you see his finger? Like, he's missing a lot of weapons. Obviously, he, he didn't play well up to that point, but this Eagles team has, has a lot of issues, and the blame Hurts is crazy to me. Giants also applied a lot of pressure on Hurts. Wink, yeah. you know, fuck him, but he dialed up some good blitzes. And, and it was a problem because that Eagles front has been deemed one of the best in football for quite some time. They're going to have to put up a better showing against Tampa Bay because that defense is no joke. Seattle beat Arizona 21-20, to finished 9-8, and however, fall just short of the playoffs. Yeah, and it, they fell just short, but they already like knew. Like It was funny, at the end of the game, like they just went for two at the end because they already had been eliminated because the Packers already won, so they just went for two and won the game. Just to end, just to end it. Yeah, yeah, they were basically, yeah, there was still like two minutes left, and they're like, yeah, Seattle's going to go for two here because they don't want to risk injuries and stuff playing for overtime when the game doesn't matter. Makes sense. And also they're probably like, Pete Carroll's probably like, eh, if we don't get it, just a better draft pick. Better draft, yeah, it's honestly pretty smart. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs, 13-12 over the Chargers. Chiefs played a lot of backups. Chargers with Easton Stick couldn't get it done. Ugly game, ugly game. Yeah, I mean, definitely he's going to stick around for a while, though. He definitely seems like he'll be a backup <laughs> in this league. That was that was nice little... Oh, work. shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no pun intended? No pun intended. <laughs> he's going to stick around for a while. All right. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. I can do it. I can do it. Ram, like Ram squeak went out against the Niners, 21-20, battle of the backups. Sam Dude, Darnold, 29, a touchdown. A crazy Carson battle Wentz. of the backups. Carson went 17 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> I will say, um, his rushing line was 9.5. 9.5, and, a half. and yeah. he had 17 carries. <laughs> yeah. 
Wow, that would have been a nice smash play. Yeah. Dallas 38 to 10 over the Commanders. CeeDee Lamb 13 for 98, two touchdowns. Pollard got in the end zone. Deck four touchdowns, threw for 279 against this terrible Commanders defense. Don't have to dive too much into that one. We will dive into this one though to to conclude the regular season. Buffalo, Miami. Buffalo finishes 11 and 6. So does Miami, but Buffalo wins the division, Reagan. And it was funny going into the game, looking at how it would play out. If Miami were to win, they would have been the two seed and played Buffalo right back there in I Miami. Know. It would have been like, all right, a week back. later, Everyone run it stay. back. Everyone stay. And then with the Bills win, they now have Pittsburgh at home, which looks like one of the easiest matches, probably the easiest matches. And also matchup guaranteed you can get. a second home playoff game. Yes. Versus yes, no absolutely. Home playoff no games. playoff games. Or I guess if Pittsburgh went on a run, but <laughs> yeah, you know. I doubt it, but yeah, so now you have two home playoff games in Buffalo, which no one wants to play in Buffalo in January. Not me. Huge. Absolutely huge. And with Miami, like, they play so much better at home, not a cold weather team. This was actually a massive game, and now they got to travel to Kansas City. I know we talked about Josh Allen earlier, threw for 359, two touchdowns, two picks. The one pick in the end zone was really bad. They could have scored before half, but Josh threw it in front of the goal line, and the, the Dolphins linebacker made a phenomenal play, stopping him short. James Cook averaged 2.8 yards per carry in this one. Yeah, Not a good day really out of him. Them. They didn't really try to run the ball that much, to be honest. No, they really didn't. They kind of abandoned it. I was kind of shocked, and I fully expected them to lean more on the run game because they've had a lot of success on this winning streak with feeding James Cook. Yeah, uh, Khalil Shakir was leading receiver for Buffalo, 6 for 105. Diggs, 7 for 87. Allen also did miss Diggs on a deep ball. That could have been a yeah. touchdown as well. So Diggs could have had a monster game here. Well, and that's just my point with Allen. Like, he did have a good game, but, like, without full context, like, to act like he had, like, an all-out, out like, crazy game is just wrong. Completely wrong. For the Miami side, Tua, 17 to 27 for 173. A touchdown and two INTs, the one to end the game. Looked more like it was on Chase Claypool, which I can't believe on fourth down you're targeting Chase Claypool. Well, Tyreek was out of the game. Tyreek was out of the game. No, it wasn't fourth down. It was third down. down. Yeah, and also Tyreek had a bunch of bad drops down the stretch. Like, he he dropped, like, two or three, and Tua missed them on one. Like, just a couple that's, like, Dude, if you're, like, a top three receiver, you got to catch it. Yeah, Tyreek still had 7 for 82 and a touchdown on this one, but there's a video circling, circling around on Twitter right now that's all of Tyreek Hill's drops down the stretch, and people are like, that's another, like, 400 yards and four touchdowns on the table right Oh, yeah, there. he had a lot of drops this year. Yeah, he did have a lot of drops. McDaniel did come out and say they're not worried. I mean, he's an all-world receiver, so yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine, but just something to monitor. A-chan had 10 for 56 and a touchdown. Yeah, with he was, Mostert out. I'm surprised they abandoned the run with him so early, too. They were killing him in the first half. They were. Him and Jeff Wilson. Hopefully they have Waddle and Mostert back for their playoff matchup against the Chiefs because, yeah. boy, they're going to need it. They yeah. need to have their full arsenal if they're going to go into Kansas City and win that game. All right, Reagan, that concludes the regular season, man. It was an honor doing this regular season with you. 46 episodes. Man, that was fun, but now it's time for the real fun. Job's not finished. Job's, Job's not, not finished. finished. No, it's not. Now we got the playoffs, and I All can't right. wait. We'll be back tomorrow. You guys will see this late, this tomorrow. Later in the week, we got the postseason prediction. We'll give you our entire rundown on who we think is going to meet up in the Super Bowl, who's going to win it. We're going to have our own brackets. Should be fun, man. Should be fun. I'm very, very, very excited. I'm sure you can't are. Can't wait to watch my boy slang it.